Hello and welcome to Setting the Scheme. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And Tristan, where the heck are you? You weren't yeah. here last oh. week. I don't think you're going to be here next week. Why couldn't you be here, man? Why couldn't you be here? You darn fool, you Tristan Webb fool. But it's okay. I think a cruise to Alaska is responsible for at least one of those absences. Yeah, but it that's not until next week. That doesn't explain the last two weeks. Yeah, that lucky here. duck. He's a fool. But but hey, um, it's cool because we have, in, in just my personal opinion, one of my favorite guests to have on this podcast. Um, it's it's our good friend Abby. Well, our good friend Elijah's good sister. Um, Abby, what's up? <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me on your podcast. You might regret it later, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, because, because we watched a movie that Doug loves and that Abby hated. Mm. So quick premise. For, so uh, quick premise for everyone. Um, I've mentioned this a couple times. There are a handful of movies that uh, I just like to get specific people's opinions on. And I found myself saying that I want Abby Walls' opinion on a lot of movies. And so I actually started a list. And what, like maybe two months ago, Abby, I sent you that list. And I was just like, I'm not saying you're going to like these. I just would really love to hear your thoughts on them. Um, And today we're talking about one of those movies. Right. Um, Well, Doug, what is it? Well, today, friends, we are talking about the 2014 bomb that is The Voices, uh, starring Ryan Reynolds, Jimma Archerton, uh, Anna Kendrick, Jackie Weaver, Ella Smith, a uh, couple other people, um, directed by Marjan Satrapi. Uh, apologies if I mispronounced your name. Um, I did look up a pronunciation, though, so I think I got it. Um, uh yeah like i said released in 2014 for a budget of 11 million made on a budget of 11 million dollars brought in two million dollars at the box office so yes uh twas a flop um ratings wise this movie has a 6.3 out of 10 on imdb a 74 percent on rotten tomatoes a 3.4 out of 5 on voodoo and a 77 percent on the google so I want to talk about the Common Sense Media rating here for a second, sure, just because sure, sure. I think it is, it's very interesting. Um, so it, within Common Sense, it has several different ratings because it is also a, uh, like it collects ratings, like people can leave their ratings on it. Um, so overall, it has three out of five stars. That's not the interesting part. Um, there are options for parents and kids to also give it a rating. Uh, the parents also gave it three out of five stars. Kids, however, five out of five stars. Nice. So do with that what you will. Uh, the kids section might as well be called the ignoramus section. They don't know anything. So I, I will also say I'm, I'm the only one who has seen this movie before tonight. I watched it last year in my quest to watch 200 movies before the year ends. And it came out as the as my third favorite movie for the year. Um, I I really enjoyed this movie. If you haven't seen it, basically the gist of it is that Ryan Reynolds is an individual who is um, who 
is suffering from the mental illness, uh, schizophrenia. Um, and the way movies do, uh, he finds himself uh, to be the murderer of several people, um, as movies so commonly portray people with mental illness. Um, and it's a comedy. It's a horror comedy um, that ends with a musical number. Uh and look, if you think that that's a weird way to summarize this movie, well, it's a weird movie to summarize. So you would also be right in saying that. Yeah. What What were y'all's thoughts coming? What were you expecting when I pitched this movie to you? So when you pitched this movie, I had no idea what it was. Uh, before I watched it, I looked up a brief synopsis um, and it said that like it's about Ryan Reynolds, uh, something about his pets talking to him and he commits murders and well that, that's what it was um i didn't know what this movie was about i knew that uh doug requested our resident mental health guru expert to come on this episode to talk about it and then i noticed the name was the voices and i thought oh okay this is going to be about schizophrenia and then i thought it's probably not going to be good and I hated it, and I thought it was a colossal waste of my time. <laughs> um, I think my dad had actually caught bits and pieces of this movie before, like on TV. And he was like, I just saw a movie that had Ryan Reynolds in it, and he played like a creepy, like a serial killer. Um, and that's all I knew, and that's all he knew, because he had only seen like little bits and pieces of it. Um, but he didn't say the name of the movie because he had already forgotten by the time he was telling me about it. So then when it was on this list and I looked it up to watch it, I put two and two together with the title and with what my dad had mentioned about this movie that he saw one time with Ryan Reynolds in it. And I was going into it, I think already knowing some thoughts that I would have. Um, and then by the end, I was sad. Nope. Yeah, uh, th this was a this was a movie, and uh, it, it has some rough parts in it. I I will also say that part of the reason that this movie ever got on my radar is because I was watching an interview with Ryan Reynolds. I don't know what movie he was promoting, but I'll be honest with y'all. Sometimes I just find myself down a YouTube rabbit hole of celebrity interviews, and. Okay. And he was doing this interview and someone asked him, you know, what is the one movie that you made that you thought would be a big hit, but it just wasn't. And he said the voices and he talked about how, you know, it was this horror comedy that came out a few years ago and he felt really good about it. And then nobody saw it, um, which, you know, for only a two million dollar box office. Yeah, I can attest to the fact that no one saw it. But now we're going to get into whether or not you should see it. <laughs> Spoilers, the answer is probably not. Unless you're, think trying, unless you're trying to watch 200 movies in a year. Fair. Fair. I think this movie is going to get thumbs up from one quarter of us. Because <laughs> it doesn't sound like anybody else enjoyed this. I will say, I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, obviously, I'll get into my score later, but... I don't think I hate it as much as um, Elijah and Abby, but I certainly don't love it as much as Doug. 
Um, but I will say, uh, as we dive into the movie, one thing that I thought was that I thought was done well. I hesitate to say that word because I don't want to uh, get into like the mental health aspects of it because I am certainly not knowledgeable enough to really speak to that. But uh, each of the voices within Ryan Reynolds' head, the uh, Mr. Whiskers and Bosco, are also voiced by Ryan Reynolds. And I personally think that that was a good touch to have. And that was something that Ryan Reynolds himself was like, hey, I think this should be the case because originally they were going to cast other actors to voice those two characters but uh he'd send in clips of him doing like distinct voices for each of them and they were like you know what this actually makes sense let's go with that brian reynolds said why should other people get paid for things i can do well i'll be i'll be real with you when i first watched this movie i thought that that was mike myers um doing the voices because uh mr whiskers specifically sounds like austin powers or not Austin. Yeah, a little bit like Austin Powers, a little bit like uh, like Fat Bastard. Since we're talking about positives, just briefly, I will say <laughs> the awkward humor very much appealed to me in the first half before I got really depressed. <laughs> um, because that that is such my language of humor. Um, in combination with other things, of course, it kind of fell to the side. But um, it just so disappoints me because I love Ryan Reynolds with my whole heart. And this is the one movie of his that I did not enjoy. You heard it here first. Or here first. <laughs> um, Abby now loves Ryan Reynolds with 90% of her heart. He's, he's done more than just uh, 10 movies. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's let's get into this because, I mean, the first big thing about this movie is that it it's a very small cast. It's a very small movie. It's a very small cast, very small movie. You know, obviously the heaviest hitters are going to be Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick, which Anna Kendrick doesn't even, like, become that big of a deal like halfway through the movie until like halfway through the movie when you know ryan reynolds has already killed somebody at that point but um but i mean i think character wise i think i think at least in my opinion i think jerry is a sympathetic character i mean i think that he is a sympathetic character you know until he goes and kills multiple people and even That's then, not great. even then, you know, he's kind of a, he's a, he's a likable character with the caveat being that he has definitely murdered multiple people at that point. Uh, yeah. You know, if it weren't for all the murdering and stuff, we'd like that guy. Yeah. I do think the movie does, you know, it's, it kind of makes the right um, strokes to get you to sympathize with him, even when he's doing awful things. Um. I actually think this movie tried to be a healthy um, picture <laughs> of what schizophrenia might be like. Um, I, I don't like it, though. Um, and I know Abby will be able to articulate much better than us why, it's, uh, why it failed. 
I think it tried. I don't know. I'm not going to give it a whole lot of credit for trying, though. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the movie kind of puts you into the place of like of the old adage, you know, with the exception of that one thing, Miss, Mrs. Lincoln, did you enjoy the play? Yeah, yeah I, I follow. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody, if anybody yeah. is not getting that, the joke is, it's not even a joke, but the adage is, Mrs. Lincoln, did you enjoy the play? Abraham Lincoln was shot at a play. There you go. I've ruined the joke. <laughs> it was, Welcome yeah. To the podcast. Welcome yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, segue. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> Uh, so uh, throughout the movie, um, Jerry has several meetings with his uh, state mandated uh, therapist who, um, how can I put this? Uh, she's nice... awful. Yeah. Yeah. She's awful. she's awful. In the great pantheon of state mandated therapists who appear in movies, which oddly enough are a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she's terrible. She's, she's terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep, she is. <laughs> um, well, I can talk about that just a little bit. Um, you know, like, we're going to get into some of that later on, I think, with the meds. But um, her whole deal with... Um, okay, first of all, like, when, whenever we see her in the office with him, they always see this in film where they have a therapist or a counselor. They have the desk in between to create visual distance between the therapist and the client. Why? That defeats the whole purpose. So, I mean, that's a small thing, but it matters. It makes a difference when you're seeing that over and over again. Um, but then the part like towards the end where he kidnaps her and then he gets real good, real good therapy in quotations in like 10 minutes. When he's been seeing her for how long? That's not a good therapist. That's not somebody who's doing your job. Also, we could talk about how as soon as he started to admit to her that he had been killing, um, she, without a word to him, tried to call for help. That's not protocol um there's limits to confidentiality and anytime that you're in therapy or in counseling you sign those agreements you talk about them with your therapist and if it comes up in the moment you say it again in case they forgot you say hey since you've mentioned that someone got hurt I have to get help you don't just I I feel like that was they wanted that there because they wanted Ryan Reynolds to have a meltdown, which thanks, but anyway, not helpful as far as um, showing people that therapy and counseling can really help, but I'm used to it. It happens a lot in movies and theaters. Well, I mean, and also, like, she, so, I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're all big proponents of therapy on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're very big proponents of, you know, mental health awareness. And uh, if, 
if you even are interested in therapy, go and get therapy. It's wonderful. It's genuinely great. Mm-hmm. It's good for the soul. Um, but I, the one of the things that really turns me off about this therapist is just the fact that she, even though they have seen each other for years, she still sees him as just like this regular obligation that like, oh, well, I guess I, okay. All right, all right Jerry, here we go. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I think, I think you're right, Abby. I mean, I think that that's put there so that a, they can play off sort of the awkward humor of Jerry being this very, of Ryan Reynolds being this very Ryan Reynolds person, personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and this therapist is just over it and done with it to the point where she's just kind of, she's, she's just not amused by Jerry anymore. Like, like she she views him almost as like this pet that just keeps whining at least that's my perception of it mm-hmm. i mean you're right she's got it down to where all she does is just go down a checklist like are you hearing voices are you taking your medicine like therapy is more than mm-hmm. just going down a checklist mm-hmm. and that's the majority of what we see about- her do so sorry do you do you want to talk about that med portion of this yes sure sure go on um well I realized he was court ordered and that it seems was part of the order but one of the biggest beefs that I had with this movie was the fact that the message over and over again became like take your meds take your meds take your meds there's nothing wrong with taking medication. So please don't hear that. The problem became like it, it was an ultimatum of take your meds or the other alternative is end your suffering through death. And the fact that it was coming from the therapist over and over again, you have to take your meds. No one has to do that. And it's not the way that medication was represented in this film also bothered me simply because they treated it like an instant cure-all, which is a common misconception about um, psychological medication. It doesn't work like that. It just kind of tones down symptoms to make them more manageable, but it doesn't nullify. It doesn't get rid of your symptoms. And it treated it as though as soon as he took the meds, when he finally did in one scene, um, it was completely gone. Everything was all automatically gone. And that's just not how it works. That's not realistic. So lots of aspects there that bothered me. There really is, I don't know. It was the fact that it was linked over and over again to like, if you don't take your medication, the alternative is dying yeah yeah it's very much so matter of fact you know you know jerry this is this is the only chance you have or you know or you know if if you don't do this well then all all hell's gonna break loose right and uh that's not how therapy works at all yeah Mm -mm. Mm Um, and I think, I think a big thing about this movie that intrigues me is the fact that 
and I think one of the big like draws that I had for this movie is the fact that quite literally no one clearly no one in Jerry's life like really gives a crap about Jerry like no one Mm -hmm. is concerned about Jerry or his well-being um I mean obviously he obviously he is deeply infatuated with Fiona um his his just huge crush his office crush the person who he loves more than anything uh and would do anything to get her to give him the time of day um but she also clearly has zero interest in him she mm-hmm. does not give a crap so when she um, needs something yeah 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 the only person who ever like really in my opinion at least gives jerry like genuine attention and genuine affection is anna kendrick's character whose name i can't remember lisa. allison lisa. no lisa. not allison lisa allison's the third girl allison's the third girl um and you know it's i mean i think that's the point of the movie is i think part of the point is they're trying to show that literally if jerry just gave like if he could just see the fact that like um lisa like genuinely cared about him and genuinely like was invested in him then probably none of this would have happened but or if he had had a good mental health doctor actually helping him yeah but i think you have to go into this movie assuming that he doesn't because movie well we can read in though because part of the reason that i think that they wanted to create that whole like no one really cares about jerry dynamic was to emphasize how isolating that particular mental illness really is for sure um and the fact that he always feels like an outsider and the lead-in here is I can talk about this one other positive is that Ryan Reynolds continues to just be a genuinely good actor because he's representing the symptoms at least external symptoms very well um and you definitely get the sense I mean, some of that social stuff comes along with schizophrenia because you can't turn that off. You can't decide when it comes through and when it doesn't. So sometimes that could come through when you're having social interactions with other people. In this movie, we don't see that. He only has schizophrenic symptoms, apparently, um, at home or in his car. But he, I I think that might have been intentional as far as showing people not really caring. And also ties in with that awkward humor a little bit, but that might've been intentional as far as representing how alone he feels. And it's so clear that he feels alone. Um, He also, I mean, I wrote down some of the things. I have notes as usual, (laughs) but I didn't organize them for this movie. Um, You know, like the flat affect, very, very common with people who experience schizophrenia things like that, some of the physical things that he would do, like uh, movements that he would make, it's, it's common. So as far as representation in acting goes, not bad. Just wish it had been for a better purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's one of the 
biggest things that sort of draws me to this movie is that it, before before the podcast started, uh, Abby and I were talking about Split, um, another movie which deals with uh, not schizophrenia, but with someone with a severe dissociative identity disorder. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that movie very much so from the beginning, uh, James McAvoy's character is framed as someone who is the clear antagonist and i feel like that's something that happens a lot with people uh with mental illness as it's portrayed in film you know uh it happens in one hour photo another movie that's on the list that i gave to abby um uh (laughs) and it's and it's robin williams so have have fun with that um he's terrifying in that movie um but um but I think that's something that really intrigues me about this movie is because genuine, genuinely, Jerry is genuinely someone who is presented as a good, likable character. Mm-hmm. Like we we want to like Jerry. In Split, we are not we are not intended to like James McAvoy's character. We are set up to fear him and be afraid of him. Which, granted, in the movie, he is a very intimidating character. He is a very intimidating person. Um, But here, I think this is an instance where you have a character who uh, mental illness is woven into their character, and we are intended to like them. And I think that's part of the appeal of this movie to me. Yeah, and I think another way that they do that is by making him a very sympathetic character, because we get led into some of the trauma that he dealt with as a child uh, with that scene of his father, or I, I guess it was his stepfather, um, just like reaming him for um, talking to a sock puppet and his uh, mom who also deals uh, with schizophrenia in the background. And <coughs> excuse me. Um, like he, I think at one point calls them both freaks and just storms out and it's, like it's just horrible to like see that and then with the later scene of um but uh, i will say the later scene uh where his mom dies is a bit of an interesting scene because i wonder how much we can say that that is actually what happened uh because i feel like something traumatic like that coming from jerry's point of view could potentially make him and uh, an unreliable narrator um, i think i think we're i think we're set up to assume he's an unreliable narrator which c- kind of gets into the next point on the list like this movie messes with your mind a lot because uh, when i watched that scene my initial thought was was i mean that he killed her and like I, the way that it's presented in the movie is like she starts it and asks him to end it and I'm not convinced that that's the case. I don't know what the movie is trying to tell you is the case or if it even really matters that much. But I don't, I don't know. What y'all got? What y'all think about that scene? Um, it's possible that that happened, but I see your point. Um, because it's also possible that, I mean, that would have been extremely traumatic. So, and we know how trauma affects memory in the brain so it could very well be um not entirely as it actually happened um 
I'm thinking even of like when his coworkers find the article online and the headline was something like boy institutionalized after mother's death. So even there, it's not worded in such a way of like, he killed his mom. Mm -hmm. It's left up to you to really decide what happened there. Um, Ultimately though, the message even in that still remains. If you, if you struggle with this, if you have this, if you're like this, the solution is death or meds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of had the opposite reaction towards that scene than you did, Ben, because I thought, I assumed that his mom just killed herself um, and he was there and witnessed it Mm -hmm. and he mentally blocked it as though he was his fault he either was responsible solely or he was at least partially responsible that's what i thought that's where i thought he was coming from with it but again you know i think that gets back into the fact that we're led to believe that jerry is an unreliable narrator um yeah and very sympathetic very sympathetic character with just a very hard lot in life which is not uncommon for people who have this in particular, several mental illnesses in general, but this one, it does seem like there's a common trend, which we'll get to later, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, something that's really interesting about this movie, you know, getting into the fact that it really does mess with your mind is the fact that this movie is a horror comedy, is presented as a horror comedy, is presented as something that is intended to ride the line between terrifying and uh, humorous. And I think it finds the weirdest aspects of both parts of those genres Mm -hmm. and blends them together into the weirdest smoothie you will ever get. Um, from, From the horror aspect of it, because I feel I can always speak on that point. This movie starts, first of all, one of the most colorful movies I've ever seen. Like, incredibly colorful. There is color everywhere. It's very pretty, very beautiful to look at. Um, it's very, like, aesthetically pleasing for the most part. Um, and the first time that Jerry kills someone or something, he hits a deer. He, he just hits a deer with his truck. And they give you a close-up on this dying deer uh, I'm assuming animatronic head, maybe a puppet, but bottom line, you have this dying deer that just says, kill me, Jerry. And also voiced you just by Ryan get... Reynolds. Say that again? Also voiced by Ryan Reynolds. I didn't realize he was voiced by Ryan Reynolds. I figured Every voice was. that he hears in his head is voiced by Ryan Reynolds. And you just get this extended shot, like does not break for a good 30 seconds of Ryan Reynolds just slowly driving this deer knife into or buoy knife into this deer's head and it is just what's the word what's the word oh my gosh gratuitous gratuitous. it's just such gratuity in terms of the violence to it is a lot of ryan reynolds movies so Mm -hmm. also fair it just comes out like i remember the first time i watched this movie i 
I was watching at like 2 a.m. and I audibly just said, what the heck? But yeah. I did not say heck, but um, what the heck is this? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, and go ahead. That is one thing that this film is not shy about. Um, there's a lot of very graphic violence with uh, really each of the murders that uh, Jerry commits. Because like, uh, I, I don't want to get too into this because it's gross. But like, he doesn't just kill them. Like he also stores them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see lots of severed heads in this movie. Right. When when they say heads will roll, heads will literally roll in this movie. Um, and also like, like that's why I say this movie's insanely colorful and bright for the most part is because part of the angle that this movie plays on is that Jerry views his world as something that's very clean and put together when in actuality it's filthy, covered in blood and disgusting. Um, I, I told the guys this, the, the scene that made me really, that made me just really drawn to this movie is the scene where Anna Kendrick is killed because a couple things are revealed to you. One, Ryan Reynolds is a lot bigger than Anna Kendrick. And I, that never occurred to me until I watched this scene. Like it's the first time I've ever seen a Ryan Reynolds movie where I was like, dang, that man's intimidating. Um, and he knocks her onto, he throws her onto this bed and she breaks her neck and not to get too graphic, but she dies very slowly. And like Ryan Reynolds just trying to comfort her as you see just the life go out in her eyes. I was like, this is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen and most depressing and depraved. And I think I'm obsessed with it. Um, yeah, it's it plays fast and loose with its violence. <laughs> Which, I mean, we all know I'm a sick dude who watches a lot of horror movies. Um, I, I adore horror movies. I just didn't expect this movie to be so gratuitous with its violence. This movie illustration that you described is well said. Yeah. Because it is just I'll say that for it too. I'm trying to think of positives here. It is original in that way. Um, Or I think it is. I'm sure movies have done that before, but not like this. Um, I, how can I say this? I don't appreciate at all (laughs) the linking between schizophrenia specifically, because that one is commonly linked to the word violence and death and murder. Um, don't, don't love that. And that's the whole plot of this movie. So there's a lot that I don't love as far as that goes. A, lo- a lot of that uh, gratuitous violence that we were talking about. And what's it serving as far as this link that they're creating goes? Nothing good can say that but um i'll also say this because you had mentioned about hallucinations um so i obviously cannot speak for anyone who has it like from personal experience but 
the many voices that I've heard of people who do have this illness and are advocating for themselves. Frequently, their hallucinations are terrifying. Like they're not enjoyable. So the representation in this film of like, Jerry's world is beautiful, full of butterflies, colorful. And then when he takes his medication, that's when he snaps back into to reality, which is horrific, doesn't ring true to the experience that many people have who have schizophrenia. Um, and we can, we can get into this later because I have numbers, but especially at the onset of schizophrenia, schizophrenic symptoms, it's, it's horrific to the point where people really don't want to experience that anymore. So it's, I, I thought at first that that was an interesting take. And of course I can't speak for everyone who has that because they're, are some people who do have very beautiful hallucinations, um, but frequently they are terrifying. Well, I mean, I think that that gets back into the fact that this movie has such a weird and almost twisted view of medication and its relation to mental illness is because mm -hmm. the way that Jerry's medication is presented, I mean, his quality of life shoots down as soon as he as soon as he takes his medication like i mean and that's not to say that again i am by far unqual i am one of the most unqualified people to speak on like the effects of medication on mental illness but i do think it's it's sending a very odd to say the bet to say the least message about medication and mental illness because the way jerry's medication uh affects him I, I don't I don't blame him for not taking it. Yeah. Well, like you said, I also think this movie was trying to give us a sympathetic character with schizophrenia. I think that was a goal. Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that um, that the way they went about it was effective and as Abby's been saying, helpful. Um, right. I, I don't, I agree with Abby. I don't think this is helping anybody. Um, and even just as a movie, I don't know that it was necessarily that effective, but that's what they were trying to do. There, there definitely were moments where you were made to feel for the character. Um, but let me put it this way. Did anybody, do we imagine that anybody walked away from this movie, um, with a new sense of sympathy for people with schizophrenia? Well phrased. I have talked about this mental illness specifically in another podcast um, that was based on a true story. And I had said then, I think, and I'll say it again, I'll say it as long as I need to, that I think the best route to take as far as representing mental illness in movies and TV shows and the media at large is to tell true stories. Just tell a story, just tell the truth. Say it like it is because there's already so many misconceptions surrounding mental illness. So why not start at the baseline of reality? What's that like to live with this? 
um, step into their world, build sympathy that way. Um, so this would be an example of, I think I had said this in that episode as well. This movie would be an example of how it can just, it's like sometimes the writers of these movies are like, I want to tell this kind of story, but how do I get from point A to point B? Oh, I'll just take like bullet points of a mental illness and throw that in there. Um, and we'll talk about it that way. That's how we'll link um, this average person seemingly to he becomes a killer anyway <laughs> uh yeah i just want to say quick apologies to the listeners because i know there was a really loud bang in the background i'm sorry about that um i just accidentally knocked something over um <laughs> but no i mean you're absolutely right abby because i mean and you know we've been doing this show for a long time i've seen a lot of movies if Ryan Reynolds was not the lead of this movie, if you had a completely unknown actor who had no sort of pedigree, no sort of public image before this movie came out, then you can either A, cut out the entire aspect of mental illness, because if you cut it out, then it's a fairly standard like horror comedy, like think like Rocky, Rocky Horror, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, However, because you, and this is just my opinion, I think because you have an actor to the pet, to the degree and of the pedigree that Ryan Reynolds is, if you put him in a movie like this, where you want him to both be really, really likable and really, really Ryan Reynolds-ish, ish, 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 esque, whatever um, suffix you would like to put on that, um, in order to make it sell as a Ryan Reynolds movie, you have to make it quote unquote believable that someone like Ryan Reynolds would do this. Um, because if you, and if, and I think the thought behind filmmakers in general is that, well, if we've got a well-liked actor and a well-known actor and we want to make them do something that's awful and depraved, well, then we have to give them a reasoning for it. And the way you can do that is you can either kill off a member of their family or you can give them an illness that justify that quote unquote justifies it. And it's a very sad fact that that's the place that we're at as far as uh, society is that, well, it's, it's a sad fact that we're in a society where people can say, well, we can give them a mental illness and it all makes sense now because that's not the case right that's not the case that, that is a trend that we've that seen as in... the blanket solution i'm sorry i literally just talk, talked over you're you good then. i was trying to talk over you too so it's fine um but uh that's a trend that we've seen in movies for honestly i feel like it always has been a trend in movies and it, it's not good like because you create the stigma that like if you suffer from any mental illness, like one bad thing could happen and then you're on a, a murderous rampage. Um, like it kind of reminds me of, um, I don't remember exactly when he says it, but when the Joker says it just takes one bad day, like that's a horrible message to send to people. And I get like, you know, the Joker's the bad guy, but the Joker is also someone 
who is commonly shown as having some sort of like mental disorder and is also a serial killer. Like mm-hmm. that's not really the message that you want to be sending when you're making movies with people with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. Because at this point, the rhetoric is just, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of this plot line? Bring something new. And if we're really serious about bringing these issues to light, let's bring them to light. You want to talk about some facts about schizophrenia? Yeah, yeah give me these, some give me some factual information, Abby Walls, because that's bring one of the issues to light. Yep. That's that's one of, that's one of the reasons why I love getting your take on movies like this, um, is because <laughs> you're one of the few people who we know who can actually bring light to issues. <laughs> It gives me a chance to talk about things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's start off with talking about what this experience is like. Um, the National Institute of Mental Health describes schizophrenia as a mental health disorder characterized by disruptions in thought processes, perception, emotional responsiveness, and social interaction. Um, and that varies in degree from person to person. There had been talk there for a while that schizophrenia should be categorized as a spectrum disorder, similar to autism spectrum disorder, um, there for a while, just because symptoms do vary in similar ways to ASD. Um, So symptoms can include psychosis, which is the common representation there. That's hallucinations, which commonly, again, just because movies and TV shows are a visual format. Usually hallucinations are represented as visual or um, auditory. They can also be somatic. So like sometimes a person might have a somatic hallucination of bugs crawling under their skin. And so they scratch at their arms a lot, things like that. Um, Delusions. So if you saw the movie A Beautiful Mind, um, with Russell Crowe in it, that tells a true story, um, and it takes some liberties, but it, it does tell a true story. That would be where he believes, um, like, this conspiracy, basically, um, and if you have these concepts coming up in your regular life over and over again, it's the idea of repetition begins to sink in. So of course you're gonna believe that over time. Um, Thought disorder or unusual ways of thinking, reduced affect. So again, like I had mentioned, Ryan Reynolds did a good job of keeping his expressions very um, dim. Reduced motivation to accomplish goals, difficulty in social relationships, motor impairment, cognitive impairment. Typically, symptoms start in late adolescence or early early adulthood, and they tend to present earlier in men than they do in women. Um, So that's some basics on what that's like to live with that. Uh, Schizophrenia is one of the top 15 leading causes of disability worldwide. Um, There is an increased risk of premature mortality compared to the rest of the population. People with schizophrenia are two to three times more likely to die early. Um, And the average potential lifespan is 28.5 years. Um, An estimated 4.9 
people with schizophrenia die by suicide, a rate that is far greater than the general population with the highest risk in the early stages of illness. Like I was talking about, the onset tends to be the worst bit of having schizophrenia, which is why so many people think that that's their only option, which is again why I didn't appreciate that message being hammered home in this movie. Um, it affects approximately 24 million people or one in 300 worldwide. Um, many people who have schizophrenia are vulnerable to more human rights violations in and out of mental health institutions. That's largely due to stigma in and out of mental health institutions. These are people who could be taking care of them um, and people who don't know anything about them. So frequently that includes neglect, abandonment, homelessness, abuse, and exclusion. Um, I do have a few more facts. I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> um, let's see, it's prevalence among US adults is 1.5 million people per year. Um, lifetime prevalence of self-reported psychotic symptoms is the highest in Black Americans at 21%, Latino Americans at 19%, white Americans at 13%, and the lowest in Asian Americans at 5%. And if you think that the rates are higher for non-white people, simply based on the fact that they are not white, you're probably right. That happens a lot in diagnosing mental illnesses. Um, black Americans are three to four times more likely to receive a diagnosis than white Americans. Meaning um, white Americans who have an illness are less likely to be diagnosed with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, that's correct. Yep. Um, let's see. Persons. Oh, this is the one that I really wanted to get to. Persons with schizophrenia are undoubtedly at risk of increased risk of becoming victims of violence in the community setting with risks up to 14 times the rate of being victimized compared with being arrested as a perpetrator. Um, people with untreated mental illnesses, frequently including schizophrenia, are 16 times more likely to be killed during a police encounter than other civilian approaches um, civilians approached by law. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Um, and I specifically wanted to mention that because I had tried last night. I couldn't get names, but I wanted to find names because I want to hammer home that these are people's lives. Um, but there are so many instances that come up like way more frequently than they absolutely should of people who have um, symptoms of psychosis. And the police are called to handle the situation and the police handle the situation violently. Um, there are trainings that police officers can attend um, for de-escalation in these situations and they absolutely should attend those. Those are my facts. Well Thanks said. for sharing that. Well said, as per usual. Right. Now that I've depressed everyone. <laughs> no, it's okay. We were look. This movie is a depressing movie <laughs> that has the most random humor on planet Earth, uh, with random bouts of just 
egregious blasphemy placed at the end as a musical number. Yeah, that was not what I expected to be at the end of this movie. Well, you know, it goes back to the old to the old uh, filmmaker's adage, but the guy's crazy. So hmm. everything goes. I guess so. Well, I, I think it's time we score the sucker. So, Doug, why don't you get us started? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I'll. I'll go first. Obviously, because Ben just said I should go first. Um, and I will say that you know the subject matter of this movie obviously is not handled well. Um, from a filmmaking perspective, I think that Ryan Reynolds does a great job. I think Anna Kendrick. This is really weirdly my favorite Anna Kendrick performance I think I've ever seen. I think she just has a really good range of emotions in this movie. Um, I'm going to give it a 68. I'm going to give it a 68, um, which is probably lower than I would have given it before. But, um, you know, I that's why we get people's perspective on things so that we can... <laughs> better analyze our own perspective um but yeah uh i'm gonna go uh, a little bit lower uh, i'm gonna give this movie a 40 um uh, i think the saving grace for this movie is ryan reynolds and even then there are some things they're just not great um i have no intentions of ever watching this again um yeah, I, I, 40. Yeah, um, I was already going to give it lower than 40, and the conversation brought my, my score down. Um, I'm just going to throw out 13 points for this movie. Um, really, um, all of them, I think, for the facial expressions of Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick. Those, those get, what did I say, 13? That's Yeah, yeah I'm locking it in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Doug, I do agree with you because Anna Kendrick did do a very good job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like now that I'm thinking about it, she did do a good job. Um, and of course I do love Ryan Reynolds and I've already mentioned he actually did do a good job acting the part um, as far as external symptoms go and the awkward humor. And these are all the positives that I have. My score is a 10. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's not so, the widest spread we've ever had no, but that's certainly that's certainly i feel like that's the most varied scores we've had it's definitely up there uh well anyway after we plug that into our patented scoreometer bow, 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 bow. Uh, we get a final score of a 32.75 which you know what this movie right. this movie is just above freezing <laughs> in fahrenheit mm-hmm. that is and Celsius, it's quite boiling. It's quite boiling. Um, I think. Yeah. So no, we lied about not. what movie. 100 degrees Celsius is boiling. Thank you. You fool. I don't know temperature. Did we did we talk about how we lied about what movie we're doing this week? Oh, uh, no, we didn't. I, I was going to, and then I started yelling at Tristan, and right. But so, we forgot. The movie we were going to do this week, we're actually going to do next week. What is it, Ben? Uh, it's Brother Bear. 
Get ready for some Phil Collins, baby. Hey, Let's yeah. go. I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Be sure to, to uh, join us next week as we actually talk about Brother Bear this time. Um, it'll be a great time. Uh, in the meantime, how many times can I say time? Uh, in the meantime, keep up with all the cool stuff we do on social media at Vider Media. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. I'm Abby. This has been Setting the Scheme. Y'all have a great week.